It is CMS Music with Chris Aiken, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken. And joining me today is a guy that you, if you've been to a concert or you own a CD that has any kind of metal on it, you have to own something that he's played on. He's played on everything, literally <laughs> everything. And he's back with a new project called Holland Hyatt, and uh, he's here to tell us about that. And I'm sure we'll talk about his past as well he is the legendary drummer of every band you've ever seen mr stead holland stead how are you sir chris how are you buddy i almost feel a little cheap there but i know it's a compliment how you doing brother? <laughs> dude I, I, i'm good man and you know it, it's weird man i i have been a huge fan of yours forever literally because i'm i especially with the wasp stuff i love that second tier what what i'll call second tier wasp which was crimson idol up you know, sure, and, sure. I love the old stuff too, but Me but, too. Me but too. certainly a lot of people fell off on that era, and I love it. I mean, the yeah. Neon Gods one and two, and Unholy yeah. Four, and stuff. I mean, these are such good records that a lot of people missed. But somehow along the way, with all the different projects you've been in and whatnot, and I've done thousands of interviews. You and I never have, have connected, which is strange. I know it's weird, and I I know. I mean, I know you. Uh, sure. But it's just the way it is sometimes, you know, it's like um, when I was in Wasp, you know, when I first joined, Blackie would do a bunch of the interviews himself. And then when Chris came back on board, he'd bring Chris for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then when Chris left, I kind of became his, you know, sidekick. And I because he's like a, a, an encyclopedia of intelligence and knowledge. Sure. And I'm like the jester with the little bells on his hat. You know, I'm always <laughs> doing dumb, dumb shit, and having fun. So right. together it worked out real well. But I know I, we never. I, I didn't. I haven't got to speak with you, but I'm glad we're we're at it now, man. Absolutely, man. And we're at it with a good cause, man. You have a you, unlike everybody else, or maybe just like Stead Holland, I guess, uh, <laughs> where everybody else took a break for a year and a half with the lockdown. Not you. You formed a band. You found a way to make a chemistry work during lockdowns. Uh, so let's talk about this, man. Tell me a little bit about how Howland Hyatt and uh, how it came to be during such a time that everybody was struggling just to you know keep their feet on the ground well let me let me just straighten out the misconception i was uh i had lost my mom uh, a little bit before um lockdown okay and i was i am not an example of of a of someone that handled everything well i actually cool. went if i was a stock you know before lockdown i went down a little bit i'm because you're losing my mom and everything and then in lockdown mm -hmm. i kind of just sailed down and was skidding and at the front end of lockdown, and and my dear friend Johnny Hyatt, he's a uh, he's the engineer, he's a guitar player, singer. When I'm in uh, Ten Thousand Views, my band from Florida, sure. but uh, this guy, we we just said, hey man, let's create, let's make some music. He's like, I got some couple tunes, you know, I'm thinking of doing a solo record. I'm like, dude, let's let's you know, let's express ourselves. So we just started recording, and these songs were all over the place. We didn't have a genre. We weren't trying to make a record. We we're just trying to record. You know, it was it was just to keep our sanity and keep the brotherhood going. And the the band was formed. Me and Johnny started recording, and the band was formed around bringing in people who had recording capabilities at their house. In like okay. for instance, Michael T. Ross, the keyboard player. I've been in Lita with him. We've done uh, one epic. We've done shows here in Vegas together. One of my best friends, and he's my neighbor right up the street. So Michael did some keys. Okay. Um, this bass player guy, Jerome Lee, who, who Johnny had played with, he's a, he's a bass player from, uh, Vegas here. Brilliant. I mean, he's, he's got a, he's got a, he's got credits a mile long, an amazing player and individual. And he just put down the, the bass. Now, usually everything I do, I have Steve Unger's my partner in metal church and we always do everything together. But at the time, Steve didn't have recording capabilities and he was working on his own stuff. So, you know, I was happy. Jerome was delivering amazing tracks, you know, first he did a track or two and then he did another. And then by the end of the record, he played on every song. And I'm like, well, you're the guy in this band, Highland Hyatt, you are our guy. This is your band. You're in our band. And um, Livio Gravini, Gravini, our singer, was happening, was coming in and out of Florida. Johnny and I have a studio in Florida and I have a studio in Vegas. So okay. we're always doing stuff on, you know, bi-coastal. Sure. And Livio, um, you, you must know Livio. He's from uh, uh, from New England area. Brilliant singer, brilliant artist, um, singer for Join Forces, Justin, you know, he's a, a solo guy. He came in and he just started laying down some tracks um, on some other songs. And all of a sudden, come the end of it, come the end of the pandemic, 
we had an album accidentally almost. It was just, it was just a, it was just a, a creation of love, you know, sure. uh, in my, in the press release, it's kind of corny, but I was like, if, if friendship could be music, that's what we created here. And all it was, was a bonding of friends. And we made a rec, we, we made a collection of songs, sure. you know? And so when I had it all done, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. It's, I think it's good, but you can't tell when you, with your own music, you think everything's good. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know what? I got a few feelers out there, you know? And um, the first guy I talked to was Opus, Christian Lawrence from uh, MindSnap. Right. And he's, he's a dear friend. And he'd been working with my other dear friend, David Ellison, for a while. Sure. And, and we're always in, in contact, you know. And I said, Opus, what, what do I do with this? He's like, you know, he listen. He goes, I know exactly what to do with it, dude. Trust me. I'm like, sure, I will. Why wouldn't I trust you? <laughs> and the short story is he got us uh, uh, MySnap Records under Vaughn Artists, distributed by um, The Orchard, which is Sony. Right. So we have A plus distribution. I got, you know, I got a, we got a fantastic deal. We're everywhere. And I got a, a brilliant young man that gets up and hustles every day. And, and, and he's working this record. You know, they're all working this record like crazy. And I'm just blown away because, you know, me, I just, I just made some music, you know, <laughs> I wasn't thinking dollar signs and selling and promoting. I was just, you know, ready to go on to the next thing. I got, you know, I got a handful of records up on my board in my studio I'm working on. So I'm just, uh, but this was, you know, I just don't want the misconception. Well, that's that guy. He had it together during lockdown. <laughs> Bullshit. I did not, but I pulled it together during lockdown. Sure. And that, and that's what life is about, man. It's like, it's a roller coaster. Well, and, and, and the thing is, at least from the, the two songs that I've heard, Eva destruction. And then obviously the, the, um, my guitar gently weeps some song. Um, it doesn't, here, here. it doesn't come. Well, yeah, that's it. It doesn't come off like, so much of the quote unquote lockdown music, so much of the lockdown music is this depressive, oh. dull thing. And this is not that. This is very, no, very up, very, very good. Man. I mean, it's very, very emotionally strong. Thank you. It's energetic. I mean, it's, 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 the, my thing is, it sounds corny again, but this thing, this record is so real that there was no continuity taken into consideration at all. I mean, it's literally, we got the Eva Destruction, which is like a metal song. And, um, and, the, and you know, the Beatles song, I think is one of the first ones we did just to like check tones and get a feel and it came out good, you know? And of course my thing is, yeah, I get hired to overplay. So people will probably say, ah, oh, that drummer, man. He's, you know, it's like, hey, that's, my, that's what I do. You right. know, I'm sorry. Uh, that's what I get hired to do. But it, it's, you know, we, we expressed ourselves with that and, and, and it was good. The record is very eclectic. There's a couple of Satriani type guitar songs in there that are just Johnny, our guitar player is just a virtuoso. And I, I you know, I kind of, I kind of want to use this opportunity of the Howlin' Hyatt thing to introduce the world to him. Cause he's, I feel he's just, just brilliant and, and a wonderful person. But um, we have a song coming out um, called, I mean, I love Eva Destruction and uh, the Beatles thing is cool and all, but we got a humdinger. It's called Wrapped in Chains. Okay. And, and we have a video shot and it's going to be coming out next, you know, or in the next couple of sets of samples. And I'm telling you, if ever, if ever a song I've ever done has legs, you know, to actually be somewhat of a crossover wrapped in chains is it's an everything song for everybody. It makes everybody, it's just, it's, you know, there's keys in it. There's guitar, it's rocking. There's some cool drum fills. There's an incredible hook. Livio comes alive in the video. When you look at the video, you just look at Livio and you're like, I just want to hug that guy. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know what girls think, but for me, for a dude, I'm like, I want to be friends with that dude, you know? And they say that about, the, it's a very friendly video. Um, it really captures our brotherhood. We're all standing sure. on the roof and we're, we're sitting around a card table. <laughs> I'm spilling beer and I'm chilling, right. you know, just, you know, very uh, immature, but, but right. fun. So that, that we're looking forward to that one. Um, nope. But the, the record is, uh, we're excited about it, you know? No question, man. Well, um, dude, as a guy that has been hired by so many bands to just come in and, and make a sound, you know, meet, meet whatever the sound is, whether it's, whether it's a wasp sound or last temptation sound or, you know, whatever it sure. would be, you know, obviously you have that skill. Is it, is it difficult? And I know you've done this before, but is it difficult in a project that's going to be nationally seen to be kind of the face of the project and, and the direction leader of it? Well, Okay, those are two different things. Okay. I'm I'm far more often than than recognized as a direction 
uh, influencer. I won't say leader, okay. but I, I'm always driving the direction of every, uh, I'm a, I'm a know-it-all pain in the ass, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm full of love and I'm polite and respectful, but sure. I think I know everything. I'm pain in the fucking ass. Uh, <laughs> but that said, um, oh my God, I just had a brain fart. About uh, talking about uh, leading, lead, being the face. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. It's okay. kind of early for me. It's only like noon, and I'm like, oh man, I took a shower and everything. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's like um, I, I, I've often um, behind the scenes leading stuff, and not that often one of the main guys, especially the the first name on the on the album. So I don't, I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm used to explaining all my situations. You know, with, I did a lot of explaining in Wasp. And I do a lot of explaining my situations, you know, so I, I'm cool. I mean, I can, I don't mind. I like doing interviews with people who are like sure. yourself. So like being the, being the spokesman of this one doesn't bother me. And Johnny, my my partner in guitar player, he's, he's off at K rock uh, in Florida right now doing, doing other stuff. Everybody, everybody's going to be doing their part. You know, I'm not, now that I am like the leader I don't necessarily want, I don't want to grab all the headlines. I want, I want, you know, the other guys to do interviews. I sure. want, I want, I want Guitar World and those magazines to reach out to Johnny. I just saw that our bass player, Jerome, um, one of the bass magazines had, had mentioned uh, this record and stuff. You know, I like sharing the pizza pie, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, and, and people say, well, yeah, after being with Wasp, I don't blame you. It's, and, and really Blackie wasn't as, wasn't like everybody thinks. I mean, the main thing is him and Chris, the, their thing wasn't exactly right. But all right. in all, he was pretty fair, too. So I don't mind being the, the spokesman. And, and and I've always been somewhat involved in the direction of whatever band I'm in. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and, and, and you know, the, the interesting thing is, Wasp aside, every other band, known band, famous band that you've been in, has been the kind that are more collaborative efforts. You know, certainly certainly the stuff that you did, like Temple of Brutality, that was Ellison yeah. kind of reaching out and, and stretching, where he was taking, taking direction from you and everybody else in the band. And, you know, you and I talked beforehand about that you worked with one of my favorites and your favorites that nobody knows, Joe Town. You oh, know? my God. Yeah. And... and Another guy that I, I I don't know him real well. I've interviewed him once, and um, he really seemed like he's a guy that would listen to what everybody has to say with with the common goal of making great rock. Well, the you know the thing about Joe Town is um, he's well number one one of the most talented artists out there. He's absolutely unbelievable, great singer, great player, but more importantly, great writer, great producer, great engineer. Sure. So I, you know, I learned as much from Joe Town as I tried to tell him. I mean, that guy, he was one of the originators, him and Nate Kunkel are some of the originators of the whole Pro Tool, Tool thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, I remember when people thought Pro Tools was, uh, you know, uh, voodoo, you know, right? <laughs> and now it's the norm, you know, it's just crazy. Um yeah, Joe Town is is uh, you know I look forward to, to working with him again. Now we're 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 under the same uh, umbrella again here. You know we've never we've never strayed far. He had uh, Joe Town Studios in L.A. at my drum dude studios um, back in the '90s, early 2000s. I had a uh, I had a rehearsal complex called the Drum Dudes. You know okay. everybody rehearsed there. Wasp, David Lee Roth, the Bullet Boys, Great White, Dokken. Mm -hmm. the you could probably still probably scrape a line off the toilet holder in the bathroom. You know what I mean? It was just like a friggin' hellhole. But we had so much fun and uh, yeah, lot, lots of good times. And but Joe Town is is one of the best, one of one of the absolute best. And his record's coming out in a minute. His singles are just a little behind ours, like by days. So you'll okay. probably be talking to him in a minute. Finally, uh, dude, I'm gonna be honest. I had no idea that he had a record. I'm excited. I, I know yes. I'll be the one guy that'll say that, but I, I'm very excited. His, his records. I, I encourage people all the time to just go to Spotify and listen to rock and roll man, or what, what's the other one? Hole in my soul or oh, yeah. on it. And you know, <laughs> Just great stuff, man. Yeah, he and and live, he is just incredible. I mean, um, he, he's just he delivers live, and fun, and a good guy. You know, it's like mm -hmm. that's my whole thing. Um, and and again, I referring back to Wasp. There's there's misconceptions there. Everybody had their own relationship in that camp, and uh, for me, it was uh, it was. I mean, we all had our ups and downs. I'm writing a book about it. You know, mm -hmm. I am writing a book about my time in Wasp. Finally. 
But for me, I have more good story, stories to share and more hilarious shit. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, the mudslinging, I mean, Holmes has some, you know, he has issues. Sure. I, I don't really, you know, I, I don't share the same frustrations, you know. So, uh, you know, it's just I'm all about working with people I like these days. I, I, am, I mean, assholes can hire me, but it's terribly expensive. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but good people. You know, we work it out. I, uh, I mean, Metal Church is the finest. What a what a beautiful bunch of people. You know, it's like sure. I'm really blessed. And um, you know, all my projects, this this Hal and Hyatt thing is all all bros. That's the only reason we came together because we're all friends. You know, sure. And now now it's a business, and we have a deal, and we have an album coming out, and there'll be shows, and you know, right. we'll there'll be merch, there'll be t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, you know, perfect. I'm sporting my images of Eden. They're right. out with uh, they're out with Ingbay uh, right now. Yeah, good friend, I, good friends of mine. Know those guys? Know those guys well, actually. Good, great good, man. Good guys, man. They're such good guys. So they did a whole tour with with uh, Metal Church and Doro, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm literally great friends with all of them. But I'm such a dumbass. I didn't realize they were they were a religious band. You know oh. what I mean? I didn't. I didn't even know because they just rock so hard, mm -hmm. and that's great. I mean, I'm a Striper fan. I I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not sacrilegious. I don't go to church every Sunday. Sure. But I, I was like, you know, how did I miss that? You know. Well, but, it, uh, it's because they don't beat you over the head with it. You know, it's they, not. It's the album's not called Psalm '66, and then, right, you know, right. and, and they're they're just a rock band. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I grew up, he's not in the band anymore, but I, I grew up kind of with Byron, Byron Nemeth, who toured. I know Byron well. He's a good friend. Yeah. And he was on that tour. Yeah, he was. That's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. He was on that tour with you guys. He's not the most religious fella in the world himself. <laughs> you know, I think he was kind of along for the ride because he liked the tunes. And, and I think, and, and I mean, you've been in the, you've been in this business since, since the, the heyday of the eighties, man, or right, yeah, right man. at the end of that, uh, you know, I think the perception has changed. I think, I think you know, at, at one point it, it really was striper against the world. But I think now people don't care. They if, if the music's good, they don't care if it's satanic or religious or right. whatever. As long as the tunes are good, now I think that's all people want. Striper was always good. I mean, I never thought, oh, those guys, Bible carriers. I was like, damn, those guys kick ass. You know, <laughs> they've always been great and. I gotta say, when I was sick with cancer, they were very supportive. You know, um, you know, they're they're. Oz is a neighbor here in Vegas. I don't really know him, but I'm always you know posting on his stuff and everything. You know, I, I but uh, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and and I'm you know friends with that camp. Um, right. I don't have enemies. You know, like when I was in the hospital, I had stage three lymphoma. And I was done. They they said, "Listen, you're probably not going to make it." And I was like, "Oh shit." Uh, I had maybe two or three people that I had had fallings out with mm -hmm. and they, they were the bigger, they reached out to me and they were like, you know what? I know we had our thing and I know you're a dick and all that, but inside I do love you. And, and, you know, I, I wish you well. And I was like, great. So I, I'm completely clear. I'm, I'm good right now. I don't have any enemies. Everything's good. You know, but it's, you know, it's a good feeling. You know? you know what, man? And, and this is not real metal, but I'll tell it too. You know, I, I, I was in a I was in a burn accident. I wrote a book about it. I was sure. I was working a steel mill. Furnace blew up. I took a sixty nine percent third degree burns burns like wow. real burns and and you find out really quickly who your true friends are, you who your supporters are, who's really got your back versus who isn't. And and I, I don't want to say it's good that either of us went through what we went through, but it is kind of clearing for as a person to really understand who's who you can truly trust versus who is a peripheral trust because you might give them something they might want. Well, I mean, in my business, even before success, mm -hmm. I was always guilty of, you know, people that were loving me for the wrong reasons. Cause you know, I've always been kind of a spoiled little brat and I'm, <laughs> I'm fear, you know, I always have stuff, you know, I got, you know, like the guy that owns the, R the, the RV and the guy that owns the PA. I've always been that guy, you know. So you can have people being nice to you for the wrong reasons. But I'm usually pretty good at, at figuring that out. But I've still been ridden and used. But haven't we all? You know yeah, I, mean? I was going to say, yep. But when I was in the hospital, I I mean, I got to tell you, man, I you know, I, I feel like I wear this story out. So I'll make it quick. But there was the point where they told me that, listen, man, you know, we don't know what you have. 
and if we don't figure it out real fast, you're going to be gone in a week or two. And I was like, wow. And I was like, thank you. And then why don't you go figure out why I'm, you know, go fix it. Right. And, and so I got on the phone with the metal church guys and I was like, guys, man, you know, I'm like, I'm, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but they just told me I'm probably not going to make it. So you guys need to, you're going to have to find a new drummer. And they were like, well, I'll tell you what, here's our deal. When you die, we'll get a new drummer then. But until then you're our drummer. So get better. And I was like, Fair what, enough. I mean, they put they pull a deaf leopard on me, Chris. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's like it's like where do you get that kind? I mean, I don't know. It's like I don't I can't think of a lot of bands that would have done that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I just can't. Dude. So I I'm forever. And I heard from Stevie Weeby. I call Steve Unger Stevie Weeby. Right. It's a my gang name for him. Keeps him tough. <laughs> uh, he he talked. He he was calling all the time. He poor thing was freaking out because we're like best friends. He didn't know what the hell to do. And I'm like, you'll be fine without me, dude. No, you know. <laughs> and you know everybody was great. And Mike Howe, who I uh, tried to talk. I did a Facebook live a couple days ago, and I tried to talk about Mike Howe, and I, I couldn't sure. do it. I was all falling apart. Yeah. But I'm, I'm seeming to talk about him now. He was in constant touch with my wife, and you know about like the whole time he was as sweet and loving as he could be, and just supportive. And it's just like. That's a that's a that's one that you know we're all trying to digest, and you know I know I know one of the questions was going to be what's next for Metal Church, yeah. and um, we're not going to let you know. I, I just talked to Kurt last night. You know, we just had mm-hmm. a night amazing conversation, and that's where we're at. We're all talking again. There, that's where we're at. I mean, right? But we were so broken, man. I mean, all of us. I mean, okay. even you know when I talked to Kurt a couple a few weeks ago, he's like. He's, he's, he's in Barbados, you know, and it's like, am I, cause we're talking about the trying to, trying to digest the loss of Mike. Cause it's, he was so much more than just our singer. I mean, he was uncle Mike here at my house and right. he was my friend. And, you know, he would talk me down when I get, when I get heated and I talk him down when he get heated and he was just, just so much, such an amazing human. So, you know, we're all digesting that in our own way. I, I had just lost my mom and had a couple losses. So I was, fairly fresh at facing the realities uh, associated with death and loss. Sure. Not, not everybody, everybody handles it different in our band, you know, for some of our members, Mike's in Barbados on vacation, right? you know? And, and so we're all slowly digesting and we're, we just started talking again a couple few weeks ago and we're barely talking about the, anything except making jokes and we have our banter and we're just, we're starting to joke and communicate again together. And the, Building on the future will come, but sure. right now it's just build. We're just like hugging right now. We're all like, sure. I love you, man. I love you too. You know, that's kind of where we're at, you know, right. and I know everybody wants to know more. Right. And when there's more, you'll hear about it. Uh, sure. I'm the first one to start doing interviews, I guess, from the band right. uh, again. And and you'll hear the same. You won't hear any more from anyone else other than we're all talking together and we all love each other and we do want to continue. Um, and, 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 and the hardest thing in the world is going to be, and you know, you got to get yourself in the right mental place in the first place just to do that. But then the hardest thing in the absolute world is going to be auditioning other people because every single person that you audition by, by no fault of your own is going to get the comparison just because it's so tragic. And so at least I don't know. I I didn't know Mike real well. I interviewed him a few times, but Enough as, to know the yeah. kind of person he is, though, you know. Yeah. And, and as, a, a, as a fan, it was so sudden. It wasn't like you were uh, hearing that he was showing up drunk at gigs or, you know, or, you know, some of the telltales that we've seen other musicians fall through. It was guy everybody liked gone and was like, whoa, how did that happen? That's going to be hard for you guys, man. I don't I don't envy the position you guys have to to work through to get through it. I've had some bad days in my life, but I remember that morning when I got a call from Kurt after getting a call from Joe from Rat Pack. And, you know, I'll just never forget it. I was in such shock. I'm like, what? What just happened? I mean, I was so shocked that I didn't even barely react. I just like, okay, I'll call you back later. And I was like, and my (laughs) wife's like, what? And I, and I look at it and I told her she's, of course she's, she reacted, you know, and then I reacted, but I mean, yeah, and you know it, it's it's such a tragic thing, and we're gonna try and find a way. I mean, you can't hide from it, 
and we don't want it to be a poster for us, but we're going to, I want to, I want to be, I want to be open to addressing everything in time. I'm not prepared. I don't know how we're going to move forward, but I mean, as far as the, the circumstances of, of all that, um, that's something we're going to, you know, we're not going to just bury it. I don't think, I think we're going to, you know, actually be advocates for, you yeah. know, depression or, or whatever it was that was the, 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 the straw, but you know, for us, we, you know, we just love that guy and I, I save, I'm pathetic. I have all our email threads back and forth and I'm like saving, where are you, man? I miss you. I'm over here, man. I love you, dude. Love you too. You know, that's how we talk to each other. Sure. I mean, and I'm actually framing that shit and putting it up in my studio conversations with me and sure. Mike that's telling each other we love each other. You know, I right. mean, it's, it's, we're men and, and, you know, it's right. like, it's not, we, it's not an attraction. It's, brotherly love you know and it's like man that's what you want in a band sure. and when a band has that like metal church does metal church has such a wonderful chemistry i i it's it's indescribable my best way to describe it is there's a there's a live show out there uh, of bloodstock of metal church it's everywhere sure we didn't that it's one of the lamest i mean i love bloodstock but that particular show we played it early in the day the crowd was a lame bunch of fucking sleepy fucks <laughs> we we hadn't slept all night mike had no luggage he was wearing my clothes and stuff oh, you know we thought it was a horrible show sure. and they came they came in and gave us the thumbnail of the show and it just sat in the dressing room on the no one even wanted it because i'm like mm -hmm. i don't want to fucking i just had to live it i don't want to I just went through that torture. I don't ever want to see it again. Right. And that fucking show is everywhere. And I, I went and finally watched it. I'm going, I was, we were all so tired. We couldn't even speak sentences. And we were, we were great. I was like, this band is great. No matter what, we're always on, you know? And I love Bloodstock, but we played in the day and the crowd was stoned. You know, they were okay, but they were just, you know, it right. was almost any, almost every other audience was more alive than, than, than them that day. But it's like one of the main shows out there. And, we were good. And I think, you know, we all felt like we absolutely sucked when we came off stage. We were just like, God damn it. You know? Right. And so it's like, it just goes to tell, man, it's like, if a band has got it together, you're good. Even when you think you suck. <laughs> you right. Sure. And do yeah. You, do you think, and this is, this is probably putting the cart way, way, way in front of the horse, but is Ronnie Monroe a possibility to step back in? I mean, he's back in the business now and he's, he's been through his own thing, you know, sure. with, with, yeah, his, yeah. with his, with his loss. Yeah. I follow yeah. Ronnie. Uh, you know, on, I haven't, I don't know anything. I, I know zero about that as a possibility. Okay. I love Ronnie and I think he's amazing. When metal church was on tour with wasp, Ronnie was the singer. Right. And the last time in 05, we did the metal blast tour. And I tell you what, man, me and Daryl Roberts, the guitar player of, uh, of Wasp at the time, yeah. we would sit out front and watch Metal Church's shows and look at each other and go, I can't believe these fucking guys are opening up for us. <laughs> they were so good. Right. I mean, I remember we played uh, in New Jersey and it was a, an early show and Twisted Sister was a headliner and Wasp was before them. And then we had the whole Metal Blast before. So that put Metal Church off at like, on at like two or in the afternoon or something. Two, it was really early. And we had all been, we got there the night before and we were like shattered. We were all hung over as hell. Right. And, and I was like in the bus and I heard the intro running for Metal Church. I'm like, oh shit, I got to get up and go see these guys. And I went out and me and Daryl just got up. We're sitting there with coffee on the lawn watching them and looking at each other going, how? <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't even hold a drumstick right now. These guys are killing it up there. And Kirk, <laughs> Kirk Arrington was still on drums then, and he was just outstanding. You know, he, he's a real good friend of mine. And I was just like, wow, these guys are really I, back then. I'm like, this band is one of the best bands on the planet. And that was, you know, with Ronnie, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so to answer your question, I don't know. Any, I love Ronnie, but I don't know that it's a, even in consideration or not. You know, um, we haven't talked that much about it, you know, right. uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's still early, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and, and not to put a timeline, you can't put a timeline on what people feel. But, no. you know, I mean, you know, fans are. Fans, fans think that you guys are puzzle pieces. Well, we'll just get that guy back, you know. Just no. hey, just throw him in there, you know. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't get the camaraderie that it takes to make a band work. You can you can put four guys in a room and call it Metal Church or Wasp or whatever. You can't put the camaraderie that makes the creative That's juice right. work unless right. it all fits, you know. So yeah, I um, 
you know, seriously, we haven't really, really talked about um, the the logistics of continuing. I mean, when I when I tell you, we're just talking to each other again because the when when we lost Mike, we all were like, "I love you, I love you, I'm sorry," and then we didn't talk at all for like a couple months. There was nothing. Sure. Me and Stevie talk all the time because we have a few things going together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the band, you know, we're all damaged, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get we're it. All, we're all damaged. And, and um, yeah, but, the, you know, the main thing that I can say, you know, I, I said to Kurt last night, you know, he's like, you know, we don't know what we're doing. So don't, don't, don't lay out any false expectations are out there. You know, and I'm like, dude, you know me. I was just like, I was just like, we're not going to let the band sink in, in quicksand. And I can't really tell you anymore right now because there sure. isn't really more. So what I've done is maintain, I'm busy you know, I have a studio at my house here, and we got the Howlin' Hyatt um, mm-hmm. done and rolling. I have another band called Kill or Be Killed, which is uh, Jimmy Bell from Autograph, uh, Michael Vicera uh, from, from Ingway, and, you know, everybody knows Mike. He's amazing. Um, and uh, Steve Unger from Metal Church is on bass. And originally, Peter Scheidhauer was involved. He was mainly a writer on the record. He did a, he did some of it, like, ah, it's not my thing. So we, mm-hmm. we pulled Jimmy Bell in, and uh, that record is done, and apparently ready to, to have something happen with it but we you know kind of spent a lot of money on that one we recorded it in paris and it was done somewhat decadently so someone's got a bill sitting there so they're gonna we're gonna have to it's slower to get like the record deals with the bigger advances you know what i mean yeah, sure so they're working on that and i heard from dave dave uh ellison okay um, we're gonna do another temper brutality in a minute oh great wow and uh i'm, I'm working on uh, i got i'm doing a band called survive five uh it's a band from massachusetts i'm actually flying there tonight. Okay. <laughs> we'll be doing some work down there. My family's going to Massachusetts for the holidays and uh, I'll be working over there while we're there. And uh, what the hell else I got? I got a thing called Lovesick Devil I'm doing with my buddy Monk Burris, which is kind mm-hmm. of an all-star thing here in Vegas. We don't even know exactly who's on that record because we, right. we we just have it roughed out. And then I have uh, an artist called George Lewis in Florida who's like one of the best songwriters on the planet. And um, his record's about half done and when I'm gonna be finishing that up when I get back from uh, Massachusetts. So I got a handful of things happening. And me and my wife are, are writing a book about, uh, I'm writing three books, an autobiography, um, a book about my time in Wasp and a book called Becoming Step Daddy. My little daughters call me Step Daddy. You know? oh, nice. <laughs> I'm not Step Daddy, I'm Step right. Daddy. And uh, nice. you know, the whole story's kind of sweet. Nice, very so, cool. Man. Well, dude, as somebody, I've written six books, so I certainly know awesome. the struggle. And and boy, it is, you know, finding the time is always the hardest part yeah, to absolutely. sit down and do it and do it right. But dude, I yeah. can't wait. Six read books, them. man! Congratulations, that's that's great. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to catch up on your authoring. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. No, nope. I'll send you some books. Why not? You're sending me music. I'll send you some books. No problem. <laughs> well, dude, real quick, I want to swing back to Ellison real quick. He's a personal friend of mine too. Yes. And, and I was more than happy that he gave me the first interview after the the debacle that he yeah. that he went through. But you know, we've been friends for ever. I mean, literally, probably as long as you've been friends with them. I've known. I've yeah, at least I'm, known him. You know, and good dude, my- good dude went through a bad, un to me, just straight up unfortunate and really just wrong situation because he really didn't do anything wrong for all the shit that he's taken. You know, you've you obviously know him. So talk a little bit about him now. You know, obviously he's putting things back together. He's got the lucid out there. Like you just announced he's got Temple of Brutality getting ready to fire back up. So does he seem like he's in a a, a good, good place, you know, comparatively to where you thought he might have gotten to? Well, I always had uh listen, Dave Dave Ellison's one of my Dear friends, he's not some guy I know. Uh, Dave Ellison was the, the he married my wife and I. He was a, my oh. pastor at my wedding. Okay. Dave, uh, Dave, Dave is a, a true blue friend. And I am very, I mean, we've done many, several shows with Megadeth and um, uh, Mustaine was always nice to us, you know. Okay. But given the choice, I'm, I'm, I'm 110 DE. David Ellison's been, mm-hmm. you know, he's my friend and brother. And I stand, I, you know, the minute it happened, I stood right behind him. I went, I, I went right to Facebook and I'm like, you know, I, uh, I support, I, I just want to make it clear which David I support. I support sure. David Ellison 100%. He's a great man. 
he's a great man. He's a great talent, and he is a he's a machine. You can't you can't stop him. No. I mean, you can you can hurt him. It's it's like a tank rolling down the street. Yeah, he can take right. some fire, but he's right. rolling down the street, and um, he's smart. You know, mm -hmm. that's the other thing. He's a smart guy. You know, we've been gosh, we've been friends for a long time. I actually got him into real estate some years ago. I was way into real estate in the okay. early in the early two thousands. I was popping, man. I, yeah. uh, in Florida. And I, Dave, Dave and I got together and, um, you know, he, he, he did a few deals in Florida as well, picked up some cash and we remain good friends, um, investment pals. Sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat of a standalone dude myself. You know, it's like, you know, he doesn't need the, the moniker of Megadeth to be David Ellison. He's David right. Ellison then. Mm -hmm. And he's a talent. He's a good guy. And he has that history behind him of doing all those legendary records and, Everywhere he's ever been, I've been, I've done many meet and greets side by side with him. Always a gentleman, sure. always a kind word, always time for everybody. There's not a finer human. I mean, I, I love the guy. Yeah, you know? I, I, dude, I'm right there with you, and I'm right yeah. there with you on the team, team Ellison as well, man. Yeah. It's what, it's just what, where I am. You know, I, I got myself into hot water because I actually took crap when this whole thing went down. You know, I took a bunch of shit from people because I called other people out, you know, guys that I thought should have stood up and said, hey, God is, you know, guys like Frankie Bello. And, I, and I'm not trying to shit talk anybody, but sure. you know, Frankie Bello has done projects with them. They've been friends forever. Guys like Just Got Soto, you know, I, I just felt like the community. I get why everybody ran for cover, but yeah. at the same time, David Ellison, you, you had to just sort of know that it was, you know, kind of nonsense. Yeah, I uh, I don't really know. I've met Frankie a few times. Uh, he's great, you know. He was always great with me. Uh, Jeff Scott Soto is a good friend. I you know I, I I've always known him to be nothing but great and honorable. Sometimes people just uh, they don't want to have mind, they mind their own business. You know what right. I mean? It's like some uh, me. I'm a uh, you know I don't. If I see <laughs> if I see a bully beating up some guy, I, I go over there and get in it. I do. I, I you know right. if it, if it's if it needs to be over and everybody's standing there watching. I, I'm like I, I'm I'm good to go. I'm a drummer. I hit things. <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm just full of love. But you know, like I don't like a bully, and and um, I feel like I don't know. I I on that situation, I'll be honest. I I've never been a huge Megadeth fan. I I don't think. Yeah. I, I mean, the componentry is great. Uh, amazing drummer. Amazing parts. I don't. I I can't sit through a show. Okay. I've tried. I can't. It's fucking. I can't. So. I, I think he's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I love the band and I appreciate what they've done to me, but it's just like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see it for beans. Man. Right. You know? No, I hear All you. Right. And Ellison will be fine, but I oh, he's going to be great. Yeah. He'll he's going to be great. And, and I would imagine Holland Hyatt's going to be fine in the long run. Once, <laughs> once, once you get out there and get some shows and get the word out there, man, is, is there, anything on the horizon or can you even plan a tour with all the things that you're always involved in? Well, my thing is, um, I mean, specifically with the Highland Hyatt, I've already talked to everybody and we're just going to only pretty much with all of my situations, metal, you know, when metal church is back included, um, we don't, we cherry pick. We only, you know, there's no need. We're all in our fifties and early, you know, sixties. Right. We're not, we don't need to, we don't need, no one wants to tour like six months a year. Right. Short tours, you know, like we did a thing with Doro in the States, we did about five weeks. Maybe it was five or six weeks. It was amazing, but we did it in like two, three week runs, you know? Right. And it was amazing teaming up with somebody compatible like that. And they're the, again, I know I sound like Mr. Positivity, but Doro is oh, she's the sweetest lady ever. And all her bandmates, every, mm -hmm. they're, they're all the best people ever. I mean, just the best. And then um, we, we went and we did Europe we teamed up with Armored Saint. Oh, and yeah. it's like, you take Armored Saint and, and Metal Church and put them together and you got like five. You know, one plus one equaled five. <laughs> we were like selling out halls, you know? Right. I mean, we were doing, you know, two, three, four, five, you know, really good numbers. And then we knew neither one of us could do alone, you know? But together, there was an energy that was un undeniable. It was, it was like, and, and we shared, which was weird, we shared a double decker bus because you know just financial. We figured we, we'd all make way more money. Sure. Made the made the tour affordable, and man, I'll tell you what, we didn't have 
one problem. It was, I would do it again in a minute. I mean, it, it, we, we had the back lounge where me and Gonzo were, we had all our silly pot smokers. And right. then the front lounge was where, with, you know, Mike and Kurt and, and, and Joey Vera and the guys that were, you know, not messy, not silly. You know, so we, it was like the silly up here, normal down here. Yeah, we'd interact a little, but like after the shows, we we just have so much fun. Uh, that was one of the, the the more fun tours I've ever done in my life. But the the culmination of the two bands was just amazing. I hope you know we we've talked about doing it again, and it's just like one of those dream things, you know. Yeah. But uh, we need a band. Well, we don't have a band at this time. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> But again, that's that's why I'm keeping myself busy. And the Howlin' Hyatt, as far as live shows or any of our stuff, and only the good ones. When the album actually releases, we're gonna do a handful of uh, CD record release parties, you know, and give shit away and, and spill wine and just be silly. That's what we're right. gonna do. But touring, you know, who knows? You know, it'll be one-offs and, and weekend flyouts. And sure. When is the release? Is there a date yet, or just still up in the air a little bit? It's B, uh, uh, choice B. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, we're not exactly sure. It's you know, in uh, after the first of the year, but we're gonna. We just did the first singles. We're gonna drop a couple more singles, and then, you know, I don't. Uh, they they do such a good job. You know, these guys are, are are working in an environment that I don't understand really. You know, it's like all my knowledge making records and promoting records and stuff. It's all moot because the business changed after lockdown. Right. These guys are selling records and building artists in this current environment. Mm -hmm. I just listen for the best, you know, I, I mean, I give my two cents worth, but they always come to me with great ideas. Sure. And, and every choice, you know, every suggestion is from a handful of choices and every suggestion is the choice I would have chosen anyway, but they give me, they give me the, you know, the input. I, I, have, I have full input on everything, you know, sure. but I'm just like, you guys are, you know, do what you do, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you got a gray area, you know, let me know if there's something I, that I can do. And, you know, we, we've had, I'm, I'm completely impressed. My buddy Opus is just killing it. You know, he's a, every day I got, you know, it's the, the, everything just came out Friday, but I have, you know, um, all sorts of great, you know, the, the great stuff to take. You know, I got interviews like with you, you know, and actually this is my first, uh, interview for okay. this record, you know, and I'm, and I'm honored that it's with you, but I have a bunch lining up and stuff, you know, and, um, I'm, I'm really excited. Absolutely, you know? man. And, and it's not like Opus isn't busy either. Cause isn't he out on the road with, uh, with Mark Rizzo? Isn't yeah. he in, in yeah. he's, uh, he's, he's doing hail the horns. He's doing dead by Wednesday. He's got his earth Sabbath tribute. The kid, you know, and, and when this whole thing was coming about, you know, um, he was, uh, he's the one that put it all together, you know? Okay. So, and, and so when we were talking about, you know, um, him and his label, I was like, we absolutely want you absolutely. spearheading all this. So he not only got it, the deal together for me, but, but his label is our label. He, he, he's handling it. And he's, I was, I walked his walk. I tell him, it's like, when I was your age, dude, I used to get up early. I, I, I went through my sober stage. He's sober, you know? Okay. He gets up, he, he goes, does his martial arts or whatever. He gets on the phone and does his business and he plays his drums and then goes, right. whatever. I mean, he's got it together. The kid is sharp and um, I'm sharp enough to follow through on, on what's going on. <laughs> right. But I'm also a daddy. You know, I got, sure. I, I'm, I'm married. I have, we got four kids. I have multiple properties in, in, uh, in different States, okay. you know, and, and, and they didn't get <laughs> shit. They didn't get looked at for, Two couple of years, I didn't even see any of my properties, you know. Okay. So things are were disrepair. When I when I got my, uh, I did get, you know, everybody's all, you know, vax, anti-vax, mm -hmm. stage three cancer survivor. My doctors and my wife said, if you want to travel, you got to get the shot. So I got, mm -hmm. I did get it. I got the uh, Moderna. Okay. Um, and it made me feel like shit. But, you know, I got, I mean, for a minute, but I, I had to do it if I wanted to leave the house. So, I mean, I know there's a big argument about that and, you know, people are fighting over it, but I, that's what I did. I'm not telling people what to do. I'm just saying that's what I did because I, I wanted to participate. You know? mm -hmm. Dude, and, I, I just went through COVID myself, was hospitalized for a week, sure. you know, and, and damn close to dying. You know, really? I, I, mean, I, I really went through it the, the hard way. And the the shocking thing, and I don't want to turn this into COVID talk, obviously, but no, go. The, shocking, the shocking thing to me, 
I still can't get a doctor to tell me what I should do. Really? After the, I, I've had one doctor tell me, oh, you got to go get a shot. I've had another one say, don't, don't do it. It's bad. Oh. It'll, your lungs aren't strong enough to take it. And they, and they might react bad. So I don't know. You know, now, once you've had the COVID, see, I don't know exactly either, but I, I've understood that you're, it makes you, uh, that it gives you a sense of immunity after having it. They say, Dude. they say it, but I'm going to tell you, I've been giving away a lot of concert tickets and staying home because I, <laughs> I do not have it in. Like I had Bonham tickets yeah, yeah. two weeks ago, I guess it was. And I love that show. I've seen it six, yeah. seven times. It's great. I and I, I just, I couldn't put myself in a room with 2,500 people. Couldn't do it. I know that's dumb. No. I know it's PTSD to the maximum, but it's when you're dumb. when you when you're in a hospital and you start seeing the fireflies in your eyes and you're going into blackout in and out and you feel like yeah. you're really gonna die and you're like, Oh my god, this is it. It's like, yeah, maybe I don't want to take a risk again. You know, I can I've laid there looking at the hospital ceiling, thinking mm -hmm. to myself. Wow, I always wondered how I was going to die. Yeah, I can't believe that that ceiling's the last thing I'm going to see. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just and and it was weird. I it wasn't it wasn't like I thought it was going to be, but I didn't like it. You know, I was sad, egotistical douche that I am. I was sad because my mom was still alive. Then I'm like, I'll sure. live. You know, I'm going to die before my mother. You know, my 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 wife, the young kids. I'm just I felt like a jerk. My band. You know, I got mm -hmm. lots of friends out there. You know, it's like shit. Um, so I can relate, man. And, yeah. and, and, you know, my wife was a nurse, so she saved my life in the first place with, right. when I was, when I was sick with cancer, when I was first sick with, with, um, with lymphoma, I, I was, uh, my last couple shows were at the chance and then in some place on, um, in Queens okay. and I was so sick that I couldn't even make the meet and greet at the end. Oh, wow. And there was a, a lady doctor there. She goes, you don't look right. You need to get checked for Lyme disease. You, you know, your symptoms are, I think you have Lyme disease. So I went to my local hospital and told them that. And they go, yeah, sure, Lyme disease. And they gave me some penicillin and sent me home. Jeez. So I'm sitting there at home feeling worse and worse. And my wife is like, something's wrong. Let me, I, I need to see your blood work. And she, mm -hmm. she, she pulled up my blood work and was like, this is insane. She jumped on a plane, came to my house in Cape Cod where I was laying there dying, right. brought, me, brought me to a new hospital. And, and they said, yeah, we need to bring you to the cancer center. We think you got cancer. And like, oh, you're crazy. And uh, sure enough, I was stage three, Burkitt's lymphoma, bone and blood cancer. How they get that shit out of your bone and, bone and blood, I have no fucking idea. But they did it. I, I had a crazy chemo regimen, man. I was, I was so itty-bitty and scrawny and bald and yellow. And, mm -hmm. oh, my God, I couldn't even pour my own milk. I'll never forget yeah. trying to pour milk. I love milk. I'm like, God damn it, pour all over the table. <laughs> So, you know, to come back from all that and, and then have a career again and, you know, the metal church record killed, you know, damn yeah, if you do. Yeah. And, and, and the following tour was sold out everywhere we went. It was just like, I don't even believe I'm doing this again. Never mind, you know, having a, a you know, a really successful record and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you're looking at a guy that's very thankful to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and it's awesome to know somebody like yourself understands, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you come close to death, you you appreciate life. It's just a yeah. fact. Dude, and, and that's the craziest thing. I, you know, I've walked the line twice, once with the burn accident and once with the with the COVID. And, I, and I'll and i be honest, I don't put one as more than the other. <laughs> you know, no shit. death. And when you're that close, and, and obviously, you know, the, the burn accident was, yeah, I was in a coma. I was wow. I, 21 days in a coma, 14 months of surgery, you know, Holy shit, dude. 25 shit. surgeries. I, I went through the war. I mean, the absolute war to get better. And um, yeah, you know, once you've been there, two things happen. And, and I'll, I'll see if you feel the same way. One, you feel like you better do everything you can that you wanted to do because you, you realize the importance of the day, the hour, and the minute. You realize that you might not get the next day, the next hour, or the next minute. Yeah. So you better do everything there. And the second thing you realize is that you're more capable to do and accomplish than everybody else because you value your time better. Yeah. And I'm sure you get it. And I know you get this because I've seen your resume. Everybody comes up to you. is like, how do you find the time to do all these things? How do you, you know, everybody does that to me too. I own two businesses. I've written right. six books. I have the radio show. I built heavy metal television. I've, you know, I'm, amazing, man. I'm, I do all this stuff and people are always saying to me exactly what they say to you. 
How do you, how do you do it? Find yeah. Time to do it. You know how? <laughs> because unlike you, I don't waste time. I don't, I don't sit around watching, you know, endless television so that I have something to talk about. I don't sit around doing nothing. I constantly, well, there's this to do, there's work to do, there's this I can accomplish. And, and that definitely comes from when you've come to the end, when you really truly think you're at the end and you get that second reprieve, it's like, you know, I mean, hallelujah. I know. Dude, I, I, my doctors told me after the burn or they told my wife after the burn accident, make arrangements. Right. They said, make arrangements, not going to come out of surgery. That was 20, that was 94. So what is that? 27 oh, years ago or whatever. Yeah. I'm thankful every day I got, I literally got more life than I had, had before it after yeah, it that sure. I was supposed to get. So I'm not going to let anything go to waste. Never. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure you're the same way. I feel you, man. I feel you so much because I like I, I you know I, I made promises when I was laying there too. You know, when I was going through my treatment, I was abnormally positive. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know they had me going around and talking to people. You know, other cancer patients that were having the same treatment as me, but all had given up. And it's like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little better every day. And I would kind of like a cheerleader. And they and I and I and they wanted me to come back afterwards. You know, right? Sure. And um. And, and talk to people. And, and I have promised to do a bunch of things and intended to do a bunch of things. But truly, I just, it, it took me a minute to just recover. And when I was on the um, mega cruise, um, Mike Howe yeah. introduced me to the, the Ink Against Cancer people. Okay. Um, and they're just the most wonderful people in the world. And so I'm, you know, we're, we're just starting to work with them and do stuff. And I have this... Uh, I have this picture. I don't know if you can okay. see the yeah. writing, yeah. but it basically, <laughs> I have, it's my little eight by 10 that when I do uh, stuff, we have it there. I just got it. We just started this, but that, that picture, the proceeds go to Ink, Ink, Ink uh, Against Cancer. I'm okay. doing a, uh, I'm having a little get together Wednesday um, in Massachusetts okay. at, my, at my friend's bar shenanigans in Wareham, Mass. And it's just a, it's just a hang. Okay. I want to show videos. I want to play the record and all that stuff. But basically, we're just there to hang with our friends. And I'm going to have those pictures with me. And you know, if anyone wants one, they're like a five bucks or something. Sure. And we're going to. And we. And I mean, they're more online, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. just at the gig, just to have a little something to throw ink against cancer every once in a while. And I'm working with them to, to you know, because they're like, they're one of the organizations that actually collects the money and gives okay. it to the people with the problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's like the American Cancer Society, God bless them and all, but you know how that is. Mm-hmm. 7% goes to the sick yeah. people. These yeah. people are amazing. They, they actually physically, personally handle the situations. They find the people in need, and it's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, write, write your book. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you now, there's nothing. You know, my, my, one of my books is, is my burn story. And, awesome. And there's nothing more rewarding then one, when people hit you up and tell you that you've, you know, inspired you know, them, change them. through it or whatever, or they can finally relate to someone because they can't relate. You can't tell your story to somebody that hasn't been there. They don't right. get it. They just don't get it. But right. somebody that's going through it and they can read somebody that sure. hasn't, it makes a ton of, a ton of difference. And I'll tell you what, the, you know, the best thing I've ever done in my life, other than, you know, my kids or whatever, whatever I'm supposed to say here, but <laughs> one, one, one of the most fun things, rewarding things for my entire life was I took a box of my book to the burn unit that took care of me and donated a box of my book. I love and, that. and I mean, I, I have the photo on my little, my little desk in there that just is me with my doctor that put me back together holding my book just you know ultimate uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna get me uh tear it up kid you're take it easy i'm emotional <laughs> it's, it's ultimate <laughs> accomplishment man and and you've got the same story wow. man you should write the book and and put it out there let pe- let you'll be amazed how many people you'll help well you know you know what's so funny i didn't mean to interrupt you no so, no go ahead uh, um David Ellison, uh, one of my dear friends, he has Ellison Publishing. Sure. And, and um, he's the first one I, you know, it was kind of like Opus. I reached out to Opus about this record. And he's like, I know what to do with it. We'll take it. I reached out to David. David, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of doing these books, but I'm going to start with the Stepdaddy book because it addresses my cancer survival and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he's like, I'm going to tell you something, man. Yes. He's like, yes to all three books. But let me tell you a little something 
uh, about writing the books. He's mm -hmm. like, I did years of therapy and counseling, um, you know, for my addictions and stuff. Sure. And he's like, I never, I was never truly healed and never truly he um, digested everything until I wrote about it. When I, when I wrote about it in my book, that is when it really, really, really found its file, its, its final filing place. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. with, with brokenness for me, um, you know, I've, I've, I went on stage the day my dad died. I've, I've had mm -hmm. to, I got this switch that has to be switched. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes me like a couple hours to transform. When I'm all fucked up, I can still perform and all that, but I need a minute to, to transform myself mm -hmm. into the person that can perform. Right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, yeah. So I, I, Dave, Dave reiterated that, that, um, writing the book is going to really, uh, help you file, you know, if there's, if, if there's anything still bothering you, <laughs> you're yeah. just going to help you file it, you know? And it's like, man, there's stuff still bothering everybody. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, bouncing around when I think that there was enough bothering my brother, Mike, that it was too much. Mm -hmm. It really gets me that I wished I did something, you know? Well, and yeah. anyone that knows the situation with that type of, that knows that there's not, you, I didn't, I didn't not do something. You know what right. I mean? There wasn't anything that anyone could do because when it gets like that, people take that, they take that direction yeah. no matter what someone like me says. But mm -hmm. you'll, I'll hold the guilt forever thinking I should have done something, but you know. Yeah, well. Dude, so, in, in the end, you do what you can do. You're in it, you know, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of this. In the end, you be a good person. And if that's not enough, then it wasn't meant to be enough. You know, you can't right. hold yourself. <laughs> that's a good one. You can't hold yourself guilty for what other people's decisions are if your, right. if your actions toward them were just. Right. You know, that's, and, and that's, that's how, that's how, how I live anyway, is I try to, you know, I'm very proud of my, you know, I have two books out there. Two of my six are, are self-helpies. You know, the, the, awesome, the, the my burn book is obviously one that burn people do. And then I wrote one. You want to talk, you talk <laughs> about funny, but yeah, I mean, no, no, it's, but you want to talk about a hard one. I wrote a book about divorce going through in real time, going through the divorce. So that's as raw nerved as you could ever get. And right. And, you know, that was another one that a lot of people reacted to because they were like, oh, my God, I feel just this way. Sure. You know, and, and, and you know, and when you look at it and you see the warts and all and you see the bad things that you did as well as the good, it's like Ellison said, once you write about it, once you face yourself in the mirror, it's a whole lot easier to wash your face and clean the mirror. You know, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> man, you got some good analogies, dog. I'm going to be stealing some of your shit. I'm, I'm a writer, brother. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> That's really good, man. I'm really interested, you know, in uh, in your books. I'm I'm impressed, and as a budding author myself, you know, I'm um, I'm I'm honored to know you. And you know, I, I got friends like my Bobby Rock, who's written several books, you know. And I was gonna I'm gonna kind of reach out when I get a little closer, reach out to some of my friends, you know, David Elson, you know, the guys that have written good books, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'd be I'd be happy to help in any way. I'm I'm actually writing a book right now, or we're we're just getting started with Ronnie Monroe, which is oh. which is why uh, it was sure. just on the tip of my tongue. Was you know well, he he wanted to write a book and he hit me up and he looked at some right. of mine and was like, dude, would you want to write this? I was like, that's awesome. Sure. <laughs> yeah, know? Ronnie's good. Ronnie's been through a lot. Yeah, been through a lot, and and I. You know, he's an amazing, great singer, great guy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, uh, I I absolutely love the dude. And I was very, um, I felt bad what he went through, man, losing losing his wife and stuff. Sure. It was just, you know, I mean, I, I love my wife so much. If anything ever happened to her, I, I'd fall on a kamikaze sword immediately. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I wouldn't even be interested in talking mm -hmm. about it. So he's got my respect for continuing. And yeah, he's a great guy, man. We had so much fun on the road together, you know. Absolutely, <laughs> you know that, well, dude, why don't we wrap this up? We've got we've been okay, going buddy. an hour here. Um, All right, my man. Obviously, the the record is the single anyway is Eve of Destruction. Correct. It is a uh, Howlin' Hyatt, and it will be out there. It's out there now. The full record is going to be out in 2022. And right. um, Stet, this has been fun, man. Chris, man, fabulous and uh, very proud of you, Mister Arthur. <laughs> I'll, I'll be looking up your books, brother. All right. All good, man. All right, my man. <laughs>
Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Hey!